Welcome to another edition of the official Jets podcast, the draft podcast presented by Pepsi. The draft is over. Ethan, EA, Becton Coleman on the other side of the BetMGM studio. The Jets started with 10 picks. They shuffled around. They still have 10 picks. That's how they end up the 2021 NFL draft. I'm just curious what everyone thinks of the draft class as a whole. Let's start with Ian. I'm worried about your mental well-being. Why? You love the draft. I do love the draft. This is one of your favorite weekends of the year. It might be the top weekend (laughs) of all. The draft, the first padded practice of training camp is right up there too. But the draft is definitely, I think it's up there. It's got to be 1A for me. Yeah, uh, listen, I think it's an exhausting weekend. But for the New York Jets in their fan base, they should be enthused about what actually transpired over the course of three days starts with Zach Wilson at number two overall. He will be the headliner. He will be the person that we will come back to in five, in 10 years and say, how do the Jets do in the draft? Well, it's going to be largely based on what happens with this guy who wore number one at BYU. So he comes in there and Joe Douglas adds around him with the next three picks and then here on day three we're finishing up here the jets go final six picks with the defensive flavor i think in all joe douglas was very active three trades and like you mentioned a lot of wheeling and dealing uh but the jets still finish with 10 picks and another good thing is the Jets have a lot of capital for next year's draft that you're already looking forward to greens two first round picks in 2022 two second-round picks. Anthony, your thoughts? Yeah, I I think uh, they got a lot of production out of their draft this year. I think that, you know, the players that they felt like they got have more value than the spots that they actually drafted them in. And I think that's great. You know, so they they really feel good as an organization. Uh, I'm going to make an early prediction. I think there's going to be at least five starters out of these ten in week one. How about that? So, that would be unprecedented if you could figure that one out and get those guys going. So, um, listen, this team needs competition. Robert Sala has been talking about that pretty much all weekend. These guys are going to get a chance to compete. And, you know, depending on who else comes in, uh, undrafted free agents, uh, this could be a really, really, really good job by Joe Douglas and his staff putting this uh, draft class together. Yeah, I, I thought they did an excellent job. And when I look at the overall draft, I mean, obviously you have Zach Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker, but from then on, it's speed, speed, speed. And, and that's what Robert Sala likes. He, he loves that speed. And you look at the defensive side of the ball, two former safeties in, in Sherwood and uh, in Nazarene, mm-hmm. two guys who are big. They're 6'3". They're, they're long arms. They're, they're physical. They come down in the box. They can cover tight ends, but at the same time, they're not afraid to come down in the box and lower the boom. These guys are going to transition to linebackers covering from sideline to sideline. Then you have the defensive backs who who are very agile. You know, they they can play multiple positions, cornerback, nickel, safety. All these guys are versatile. Uh, They added a lot of speed this weekend, and it's going to be exciting to see them. You know, Coleman, I'm going to pinball it back to you, and we'll go in reverse order. The Jets had seven picks on day three. Is there one person that stands out to you, maybe not even as a player, but a pick that you particularly like, and you kind of alluded to it, I think, with Sherwood and Nasruddin. But 
you choose to go in a different direction, that's fine. If you want to go in the same direction, that's fine as well. Well, well, well I'm, AP loves Sherwood. I'll tell you that <laughs> right now. Well, I, I like Jason Pinnock as well. You know, the, the corner out of pit. I, this is a, a great cover corner. Hey, he did a great job of, of getting stops, getting off the field. He traveled around the, the field covering their best receiver. They played a lot of man-to-man coverage. We all know that in this defense, there's going to be a lot of single high. You're going to play a lot of man-to-man. There's going to be some cover three. Uh, you know, you're going to have to mix things up. So getting a cornerback like Jason Pinnock is going to be a big addition to your defense. What about you, Anthony? Yeah, well, man, look, it's going to be Sherwood. I, I, <laughs> I just, listen, I think he's a day one starter. I, I really do believe that. Uh, there, there was a lot of buzz about him, you know, not today, like before the draft started. And they got him, right? So uh, they know something about this kid that's going to fit. And it's all about fit. It's all about what they can, what a kid can do for the system. And uh, so, listen, you know, he played as much as 230 at Auburn, uh, you know, playing his position. He's going to come down and play a little bit of that hybrid backer, whatever you want to call it. But uh, power, strength, uh, heavy hitter. Uh, I, I mentioned it, you know, earlier today, you know, 34-inch arms, which is the longest – uh, arm length in 15 years of the draft of any DB. So, uh, you know, he's going to be able to go up and contest balls versus, you know, some of these bigger athletic basketball style tight ends, you know, that are in the league right now. And, um, you know, look, I, I want to see what he's got. What, you know, we need, we need those components uh, on the field, speed side to side, coming downhill and be able to cover. You have to have that package uh, because that's the kind of defense that, you know, this team wants and needs. I think I know who EA is going to say, but go for it. I'm going Michael Carter. Yeah. I, I, hey, just for the hey, record, I'm also going Michael Carter. Hey, yeah, but you might be taking the guy from Duke. I, I, I will say <laughs> I, I'm going to go right in the research triangle, stand right there and say Michael Carter, because I see parallels to what happened to the Jets on day two of the draft where they were crossing their fingers. Elijah Moore was there. And he sure enough was at 34. Then we enter day three, and here we go again. And they get Michael Carter. And you need offensive weapons to win in the National Football League. It does start up front, but this guy can do it in all phases. He, fellas, this stat is just ridiculous. 33 abated tackles, third most in the FBS last year. He rushed for more than 1,200 yards, eight yards per carry he made it happen big time um maybe he's not the fastest guy in a 40-yard dash but he is a big play waiting to happen and he is an adept receiver he's also sturdy as a blocker as well he's gonna fit in awfully well in this outside zone running scheme so zach wilson what are you gonna add well you add a piece up front and elijah vera tucker then you get um, Elijah Moore, Elijah squared, and then Michael Carter coming back in the fourth round. And that's Michael Carter else. squared. Yeah, that's something else. That, that was one of my favorite Joe Douglas lines. He said, we're really cornering the market on Elijah's and Michael Carter's. <laughs> and, and you're right, the Jets did draft another Michael Carter, but my favorite selection of day three was the UNC running back. Oh. I mean, we saw, we saw the highlights just a moment ago. I mean, you can really see the vision and the stop-start ability. That's what he talked about, and I think he hit the nail on the head. I think he fits what the Jets want to run here extremely well. And this, this game, UNC against Miami, is when Javante Williams and Michael Carter both ran extremely wild. And 
6.3 yards a pop for his career at UNC. He has an outstanding career there, and he's a solid receiver out of the backfield. But this is really what I would consider like chapter two in the offseason. There's chapter one, which is free agency. The draft is chapter two. Now comes chapter three, which is, you know, a little more trickle of free agency here and there, and then training camp and developing your players. So, Anthony, let's start with you, then we'll go to EC. What do you think about the way that this roster is coming together when you think about where it was before free agency? Now we're two-thirds of the way home to training camp, and it seems like this roster has been overhauled by a considerable amount, more than I think a lot of people thought could be possible. Yeah, you know, uh, another thing about Michael Carter, guys, he split the carries. I mean, he may have had over 2,000 yards rushing by himself if he was the lead back, but yeah, the roster's great. I mean, listen, Carl Lawson, he's a unicorn pass rusher. He can do a lot of things. Uh, Led one of the leaders in the NFL in quarterback pressures. Corey Davis, you know, he's a top five draft pick. Blew up last year. Earned his spot. Now he's going to be a one. Uh, Jared Davis, you know, he, he's another guy that, you know, he's an in-the-box linebacker that's aggressive, speed, fast. He's going to be able to control the inside, and he's going to add a presence there at the linebacker position. Rankings, uh, uh, coming, coming back from the injury two years ago, bouncing back last year, getting back to form. They feel like they got a home run in him at the D-line position, and you go on and on and on. I mean, even from a standpoint of like, uh, Justin Hardy, just a tremendous, you know, he's a corner. He's feisty. The dude, like, literally loves special teams. Like, he, he even said it in his press conference. He's like, man, I, you just, he just loves playing it. And you got to have those kind of guys, man. Boyer's going to love to have him. You're going to need a spark plug. Someone that's, other players are going to feed off him because he, he plays it at such a high level. So, uh, again, I, I'm excited. And, we, you know, we're just talking. And the draft picks all together, I mean, it's a brand-new team. It's a brand-new team. It all starts, of course, with a quarterback. But, again, it, it takes some of the pressure off the quarterback when you start adding those pieces and put them in, in place. Absolutely. And you, you talk about the rest of the roster. You know, everyone, it's easy to forget about C.J. Mosley. Yeah, I mean, listen, this guy <laughs> was one of the most dominant linebackers a couple of years ago. Played, uh, we talked about it over the weekend, played some of the, the three of the best quarters that we've seen out of a linebacker <laughs> in 2019. But, you know, he's coming back into the fold. You know, you, you have a lot of young guys. You have Quinnen Williams, who was dominant last year, should have been a pro bowler. Uh, you know, you add in these other pieces. LaMarcus Joyner is a safety who can come down in the box, cover slot receivers. You add him with Marcus May in the secondary. You know, I just, you just can't help but get excited about yeah. all the speed that you see, all the agility that you have in this defense. And then on the offensive side of the ball, of course, you got Becton already. Yeah. Then you add Vera Tucker. You, you, you know, the offensive line is getting solidified. It's going to be very exciting to see how this team comes out, especially once Coach Sala starts to, to get his mentality, starts to get that aggression into the players. This team is really young, which is good. I think it's a double-edged sword. It can be good. But you're also going to have a learning process, right? The Jets, of course, won two games last year. And Anthony talked about the infusion of talent and how this roster has been, we've seen a complete overhaul. I'm wondering, as I listen to you guys talk, and then we take into consideration everything that's changed on the roster, do you start thinking about what this team is capable of? I'm not talking. 13 wins, all this stuff. But, you know, 17 games scheduled next year, we don't know. We know the opponents. We don't know what that's going to be looking like. But why can't this team, if it all comes together, um, 
be in the mix as far as being around more like 500? Is that jump so significant in the National Football League nowadays where you see teams make the turn every year? Can the Jets be one of those teams that can get themselves into more in the middle of the rung in the National Football League as opposed to where they ended the season last year? I don't think it's far-fetched, especially when you consider the caliber of players the Jets have brought in. I will say, like, for someone like Carl Lawson, he only had, what, five and a half sacks last year, but he had a he led the NFL in quarterback pressures among defensive linemen. So for a guy like that, you, you're hoping you buy stock before they really take off, no jet pun intended. And so with guys like that, I mean, Corey Davis hasn't had in a 1,000-yard season, but you look at his track record, it seems like he's an ascending player. It seems like all the players the Jets signed are ascending players, except for maybe somebody like Vinnie Curry, who's later on in his career. But I, I really think that the Jets have completely overhauled this roster, and it feels like Joe Douglas is really putting his imprint on this team, more so than last season because he didn't quite have the financial flexibility and the capital in the draft that he did this year. And I'm, I'm excited to see, to see what happens. And the last thing that I want to say, and, or the last thing I want to do before we wrap up here, and I'm curious because we have two former NFL players across the way here, this is a draft recap. What's next for all these rookies? I know there's rookie minicamp, but you know, can you kind of take us through? Let's start with Coleman. What happens when you get the playbook and then take us through what is a rookie season and what many college players consider and rookies consider the longest years of their lives? Yeah, you, you know, as a rookie, it, it is the longest year. Uh, you know, you finish your college season, you go to your bowl, and then you start preparing for the combine for your pro day, and then you get – if you're fortunate enough, you get drafted, you get signed as a free agent, and then there's rookie minicamp. You know, we heard Coach talk about it earlier, rookie minicamp is next week. You know, you come in here, you learn the fundamentals uh, of the defense or the offense. You get your playbook. You're doing nothing but studying. You're, you're diving into that book because if you don't know, you can't go. Yeah. And you have to know what you want. You have to know what you're doing once you get out here. Once the, the veterans come in, listen, if you're a rookie right now, this is, your ch this is your time to take advantage of it because everyone's starting off at the same area. You know, the, the veterans, they don't know this defense. They don't know the offense. It's a new scheme for everyone. And so if you're a rookie, if you put your mind to it, you study, now you can start playing with the big boys. You get in there and get your opportunities, start making a difference in training camp and mini camp. And next thing you know, you're in the season going full speed and, uh, and you're in the mix. College is over. Oh, right? yeah. I mean, it's it, literally, it's like, it's a, it's a punch you on a face kind of moment. I, I talked about that earlier, but it really is. Like, you have to mature yourself at a different level. You have to be ready to become a pro now because there are expectation levels on younger players. The league right now is a younger league and, the, and you see younger players having a lot of success mm -hmm. across the NFL. The Jets have to have that kind of output from their younger players mm -hmm. and at their most key position. You know, there's been a tremendous amount of rookie quarterbacks coming in playing some good ball. Mm -hmm. And I'll be quite honest with you, I expect that out of Zach Wilson. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's going to be the, the biggest play on this is getting these guys have to make a commitment to professionalism because a coach can coach. They can give you everything, all the information you need. But if you aren't dialed in to say, okay, I got all this money in the bank, put that here, get dialed in on the field, note after note, 
detail after detail, put it all into play. If you don't do it like, like Eric was talking about, you will fail. Bottom line, you cannot cut corners, in particular when you're a younger player, because if you do, you fall behind. And if you start falling behind it every single day, somebody's gaining on you, somebody's gaining on you. And it may not be the guy in the building. It may be the guy in Miami. It may be the guy in, in New England or wherever team that those guys are. So uh, it's just so critical for, for young players to really just, you got to grow up, period. And Joe talked about the character of these guys. I expect those kind of guys, you hear about work ethic, you hear about leadership from these players, then I would expect them to do those small things and, and learn how to get better at those things from some of the veteran players in the building so that this team, like you said, our EA, can be much better than, than last year and the year before. But I look more of a three-year outlook for this team. Okay. okay, because for me, it's the first year get growing, next year, all those draft picks, and now another year for them to grow. I look at a three-year window where this could be, honestly, the most improved team in the NFL. How about Why that? Not? Yeah. The, the sobering thought in all this is that I think every team in the AFC East has gotten better this offseason. We saw that what the Buffalo Bills did last year. They were 13-3, and three, I believe, and they went undefeated in the division. The Patriots spent a boatload. They spent a boatload of money in free agency. Um, so I think they definitely improved as well. And then Miami, speaking about assets, that's a team that had assets that – was on parallel with the New York Jets. So I think all those teams, on paper at least, are did not take a step back here this offseason. And we've talked about this in the pre-draft process, was every team in the National Football League feels better after draft weekend. But I think from a Jets perspective, Anthony just mentioned it, is that you are installing new systems. But the great thing defensively is – Robert Sala and Jeff Albrecht are going to keep it simple. They're going to attack the quarterback. They're going to play that 4-3, and they want those guys running all over the place. We saw them attack in free agency along that defensive line, namely Carl Lawson, but they added strength in numbers. Now we see what they're looking for in the linebackers, right? Sure. We saw that in the draft. You're good at safety, cornerbacks. You added an infusion of talent here on day three of the draft. On the offensive side of the ball, all the talk's going to be about Zach Wilson, but I think the system that Mike LaFleur is going to run is going to be very helpful for a rookie quarterback because the Jets are going to try to pound you with the run game, then do the boots and the rolls and get this athletic kid out on the move, and he's comfortable doing that, and you've gotten a lot better around him with, at the receiver position starting at free agency. Then you add Elijah Moore in the draft. You bring in Michael Carter in the draft behind you in the offensive backfield, and it all starts up front, and you have two pieces in Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker. Elijah Vera Tucker, as, as I was looking at my phone, I think my wife just called me here on the podcast. But um, big-time pieces in front of your young quarterback. So right now it's getting it on the field and then absorbing those new systems, and Robert Sala era is, is taking off right now. The NFL draft came, it went, the Jets got 10 players, headlined by Zach Wilson, of course, at the number two overall pick. EA and I will be back. We can't thank Anthony and Eric Coleman enough for being here live all three days in the BetMGM studio. That's all we have on this episode of the official Jets podcast, the Draft Podcast, presented by Pepsi.